Hi everyone, welcome to the Never Enough Doesn't Apply podcast with me, your host, Hannah Melnick. I am a college student and elite athlete currently going through eating disorder recovery and I want to be open and authentic about my experiences with the hope of making listeners feel less alone. Episodes do not include descriptive details about behaviors, numbers, pro-diet culture talk, or pro-weight loss talk. I am no medical or mental health professional, but I do have a strong passion for increasing awareness around mental health. Thank you all for being here and listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So today is a very special day, being that it is the very first episode release of the Never Enough Doesn't Apply podcast. I came up with the idea to start a podcast in treatment actually I was in PHP when I decided to put the plan into action but it was always a running joke in res that I should start a podcast because I love to talk in groups I loved giving advice to people and to talk about my story and in PHP I was like you know what I know this is a joke but I think I'm gonna do it and I talked to my friends they helped me come up with a name what to talk about and all of that and here we are a few months later With the first episode release, I am really excited about it. I put in a lot of work finding out how to even do a podcast, what to talk about, what not to talk about, Um, and I am just really honored and blessed to have the ability and the time to start this podcast. So with that being said, I figured I would take this episode to share a little bit about my story my experiences in recovery, and overall what really got me to this point in my treatment process. I figured that would be a really great start so you as listeners can get a little bit of a better understanding of who you're listening to exactly. So let's just jump right into it. For me, my negative body image thoughts started at quite a young age. Um, In treatment, you go through timelines of your life, and one of the memories that came up when I was doing my timeline was I was six years old and I was sitting on the living room floor and I was crying and I was crying because I had put on a pair of jeans I looked in the mirror and I hated how my legs looked in them there was something different about my body than the girls at school or flipping through the justice magazine my body didn't look like the girls in that magazine now I was always athletic growing up Even at six, I was a dancer, a gymnast, I played soccer, I loved to run around, I loved to stay busy, and because of that lifestyle, I was muscular. I was short, so my dad always used to call me short and mighty, which I think is a perfect description of what I was. I was always running around, I was always crazy, um, and I would tackle my brother and I was short and mighty, and I have no issue with being short and mighty, but at six, no one else was short and mighty, and that was really hard for me to take in and accept myself if no one around me looks like me. That gene incident really stands out for me because I think it is one of the very first memories where I correlated wearing a piece of clothing with my body and hating it. And I think that is a really huge part of my eating disorder. And I find it really interesting that it started at such a young age. Around seven or eight years old, um, there's a pretty big turning point at school 
um, at least at my school, you started to get weighed and you started to get weighed by the nurse. You started to get weighed in gym class and it was all to check your BMI. Now I heard the words BMI like at my doctor's office, but I don't think that the importance of a BMI really came into play until I started to get weighed in gym class and they would take out that BMI chart and you would, you know, move your finger along the vertical and the horizontal lines to figure out the BMI on the BMI chart. And they would always ask you, what's your number? And that just associates that you are a number and that your morality is tied to a number. It was just awful. With a child with undiagnosed OCD at the time who fixates on numbers, that was really detrimental to me because I wanted to stay that same BMI year after year and I was growing and my body was changing but there was something so spectacular about like being the smallest BMI of your class and I think it was very inappropriate that the school even did that publicly and I also think it was awful that our schools would send home letters to our parents um, stating whether we were at risk for obesity based off of our BMI. Now, as I talked about prior, I was athletic, which meant that I had muscle and BMI does not take into account muscle. So my letter that was sent home always said I was at risk for obesity. I remember my mom going absolutely ballistic at the school principal saying that what if my daughter opened this letter and saw she was at risk for obesity, you could give her an eating disorder. Kind of ironic if you look back at it, it wasn't the letter that gave me an eating disorder but so many other things. But she had a good point, she was coming from the right place um, and I think it is so messed up that schools weigh you at such a young age and put so much importance on the number on the scale. A huge part of my life started when I was about six years old. I became an all-star cheerleader. Um, so I joined the world of sparkly uniforms and big makeup and red lips and bows and it just became my world. What's kind of crazy is the gym that I started at 15 years ago is the gym that I still cheer at today. I love the gym with my entire heart. I love the community. I love the girls and the teens. And it's just such an amazing opportunity to be able to watch a gym and people grow for 15 years. Um, so when I started cheering, I was a flyer. So that was my stunting position. And as I said prior, I was fairly petite, so there was nothing else I could really do except fly. And I loved it. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I got to perform standing on top of other people. And when I moved up in levels, I was thrown up in the air really high. And I always just thought it was really fun. Um, and as those of you in the cheer community know, there is an emphasis on being petite as a flyer. For me personally, my eating disorder did not fuel from cheer. Um, I'll talk about it more in another episode, but I never let my eating disorder touch cheer because I love it so much and it is such a passion of mine. But I do know that a lot of other girls who bases, flyers, backspots um, do experience eating disorder behaviors because there is so much pressure in the cheer community to have a certain body type. Around freshman year of high school, I was still doing all-star cheer. 
I was really struggling with All-Star. Um, I was dealing with a lot of emotional torment by a coach who hasn't worked at the gym for years. And it was awful. It made the sport not fun for me anymore. I didn't want anything to do with something that made me so happy. Um, and I, I couldn't do it anymore. I was only 15. And so I had to make the executive decision to quit. And that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Um, I felt like I was losing a part of me. And worst of all, um, I had horrible body image. And I knew that quitting the sport was going to change my body because I wasn't going to be in the gym for as long as I have been for the past nine years prior to that. I joined high school cheer soon after I quit All-Star, and this was my sophomore year of high school. And I was struggling with my body, but not majorly because I was still doing a sport. Then dive season rolled around in the winter, and my body didn't change all that much. Um, what really was a turning point was the spring of my sophomore year. It was the first time since I was six that I was not doing a sport. My body changed significantly, almost immediately. Um, I found myself crying about not having my license because I couldn't drive myself to the gym. I was keeping track of nutrients. I was restricting my intake. I was basically doing everything in my power to get my body back to where it was prior to quitting. Summer of going into junior year, um, my body continued to change I wasn't restricting that much anymore. I was still over-exercising at the gym. Um, but because I quit cheer, my body was starting to develop because I was no longer doing something that kept me stunted almost. And I hated that. I hated what was happening to my body. I hated the changes that were happening. And junior year rolled around and I was very miserable in my body. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. Um, and I didn't really know what else to do. I was still nutrient tracking. I was still going to the gym. Um, but it still wasn't enough. Spring of my junior year came around and I was introduced to a diet. And this diet was really detrimental to my mental health and it has been a core book almost core book of knowledge of what my eating disorder stemmed from um this diet it separated foods as good and bad and it tied moral value to foods and um it completely removed food categories because of their effects on the body and it really took a turn. I became absolutely obsessed with it. Again, I didn't know I had OCD, so I didn't know that the rigidity of the diet would become such an influence on me. Once the diet was over and completed, I felt better in my body. And I knew I felt better in my body because I was changing what I ate. This knowledge was really harmful to me because it connected the dots and that was the stem of the restriction of the eating disorder. Going into senior year, 
my body changed back to how it was prior to doing the diet because a diet is not sustainable as I've learned in treatment, as I've heard numerous times, but I didn't want to believe, but it was not sustainable. My life completely changed my senior year of high school. I was at a cheer practice um, and I broke my leg. I was doing a full, I landed incorrectly and I broke my tibia. The doctors told me that I was going to be out for a very long time, which I was. Um, my world felt like it was crashing down. I was the captain of my cheer team. I was the captain of my dive team and missing my seasons was awful in my eyes. Um, I needed to control something and I told myself that I would control my intake and I would control my body and that's what I did. I was on crutches and in a cast for about three and a half months. Once I was cleared to walk again, once I learned how to walk again, I went to the gym. I started to over-exercise again. I started to um, nutrient cow and it really became a downfall, especially when COVID happened. When COVID rolled around, I didn't know what to do. I felt completely lost in my ways. I felt like my senior year was over. Um, I lost the first half of my senior year to a broken leg and the second half to COVID. And I still hated my body. And I said, this is the time that I'm going to change it. And I put my mind to it and I changed it. And I feel really bad for myself looking back that the one thing I wanted to control was something that had nothing to do with the pandemic. And I started to restrict and I started to take out food groups and I started to quote unquote eat healthier so that other people wouldn't suspect what I was doing. I also joined All Star Cheer again and people equated my body changing to me joining All Star Cheer because it's so intense and there's a lot of movement and I got away with it. My freshman year of college was completely virtual. Um, I lived at school, but I was completely online and this fumed the eating disorder because I had absolutely all day to watch my intake, to go to the gym, to do everything in my power to change my body back. I also had a boyfriend at this time and in my eyes it was like, oh, I have to change my body if not for me, for him. And um, it was a long, long path. It was a long, long, horrible road. I don't I don't want to call it a journey. It was it was a road that was long, windy, bumpy um from, you know, September to February. I was very sick. Um I got sick very quickly. I um didn't care for my actions. I was doing everything in my power to turn my body from a 19-year-old body back into a 12-year-old girl. And that's what I wanted. And unfortunately, I did achieve that. And people started to worry. My parents started to worry. 
And in mid-February, I had come out and I told my parents what I was dealing with and what I was going through. I did not search treatment centers until January of 2022, and I told them in February of 2021. So from February of 2021 to January of 2022, it was a long year of more restriction, horrible physical symptoms, severe anxiety, severe depression, um, and just really living fully with a severe eating disorder was absolutely awful. And I knew I didn't want this life anymore, but I was in the body that I wanted to be in. I thought I had the body that everybody else wanted to have. My body was my trophy and losing my trophy was going to be all of the quote-unquote hard work that I put in going down the drain, and I couldn't do that. Over the summer of 2022, my parents really decided it was time for me to go to treatment. I started to look into treatment facilities. I started to do the intake assessments, and about August of 2022, I was sent to a residential treatment center in Miami, Florida, um... That changed my life completely. Going into treatment in August was one of the hardest decisions that I've ever had to make. And staying there was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. My very first day, I cried and cried and cried. My very first week, I cried and cried and cried. I didn't want to do it anymore. It was too hard. I wanted to go back to my old ways. I wanted to go home. But there was something inside me that was telling me that I just had to stay and that I had to just get it done and I had to do what I needed to do to live a happy life. When I was in residential treatment, I met some of my best friends that I'm going to be friends with for the rest of my life. I just know that deep in my heart. Um, I could not have made it through treatment without them and without my amazing team. Um, and without my home friends supporting me, it was one of the best and worst experiences of my life. I was in residential treatment for four months. Um, I was discharged in mid-December and I started PHP a day after I was discharged. My PHP program is the same program as I did res through. Um, it's still in Miami and I really struggled with the step down of res to PHP. Um, I was no longer being accounted for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, it was a lot more of my own. It was a lot more of my own accountability. Um, I had to figure out ways to ground myself when I was stressed out rather than running to a recovery coach asking for them to help me. While I struggled in PHP, I was able to get some footing and I was able to be okay for the last few weeks I was in PHP. My insurance cut rather early, so I wasn't there for as long as I think my team wanted me to be, but I was doing okay. I had my eating disorder under control. I was struggling with some trauma stuff. But everything else, I was okay. And I was in PHP for about 
six weeks and then I stepped down to IOP which was the intensive outpatient program still through the same program still in Miami and that is what I am doing to this day and I am really thankful for what this program gave me I think it gave me another chance at life I think that it showed me that recovery is worth it and that all of those hardships that you deal with in recovery are going to bring you to a place where you can live a full happy life without an eating disorder. Now every day is hard. Every day I have to make the executive choice whether I'm going to put on my running shoes and go to the gym or whether I am going to nourish myself properly every single day I have to make that decision every hour of every single day and it's hard and I do want to give up sometimes sometimes I think that relapsing is easier but I also know that I was so miserable it was misery to the point of undescribable sadness of lying on the floor it was awful and this is not fun by any means recovery is not fun but I've smiled and laughed more in recovery over the past six months than I have in the past probably eight years and I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I never came down to Florida and taken the year off from school and taken the season off from cheer I think I would be in a really awful place. So I am thankful for going through this journey. I wanted to thank you all for listening to this episode and supporting this podcast. I am really excited for this new experience and I hope you were able to get a better understanding of who I am and a little bit more of my story. So thank you all so much for supporting me and I hope to see you next time. Bye.